Welcome, folks, to the Monster Baby Podcast. This is a curious romp through the worlds of mindfulness and improvisation. My name is Lisa Rowland. And I'm Ted DeMaison. And this is a special episode because, as you may know, this is part two of a two-part conversation with improv great Joe Bill. He is a, a traveling improviser and a, a, f- a phenomenal improviser and teacher and performer from Chicago. We go into his bio at the beginning of the last episode, and this is the continuation of our conversation with him. He's a mensch, a sage. Yeah. A, so, a good dude. A good dude. So if you are just starting now, you might want to go back to the last episode and listen to that because that'll be the beginning of this conversation. And if you want to jump in here, feel free. But uh, we're so glad you're with us. You do you. Enjoy the conversation with Joe Bill. Indeed. that extends from the stage into your life these kind of mindsets that's the horrible question um yes and no yes and no um there's times where i'm there's times where it's clearly is there's times where it's clearly not Mm um i think you know that that it reminds me of one of the things i like to say is my favorite buddhists are the people who say they're shitty buddhists yeah I'm a terrible fucking Buddhist. Yeah. You're my kind of Buddhist. And you're, my, you're my guy, yeah. Um, and, you know, and if, and if a great Buddhist is one who does not speak, then, you know. The, you would never know. You'd never know. <laughs> so, so good for you. <laughs> and I don't need to. Right. But as long as I'm, uh, like, I, I tend to like those people that are just, like, truly themselves and whatever they are. Um, and if, you know, this idea of, Again, subjectively, mind, mindfulness being more passive for me, mm-hmm. it's it's tied to that. It's tied to the the self preservation coping mecha- mechanism still of the child. So there's always it's a stepping back. It's a um, it's a passive observance. So that a decision like not this but that, mm-hmm. not the weeping, sobbing, crying, but the laughter, which is also scary, but it's not it's it's, it's not, not anything scary, except yeah. preferable. Mm-hmm. All this is is preferable. Um, and you know, and then it's like, you know, one of the great Keith Johnstone, Del Close, uh, headbutt arguments is, uh, Keith says, trust your obvious. And Del Close said, uh, don't, don't do the, don't say the obvious thing, say the interesting thing. And at first glance, Keith is like, no, go with your obvious. But really in a, in a reaction like that, I think I did both. Like, I think the obvious thing was the laughter because that's also the interesting thing because there's movement in that. Mm-hmm. And improvisation like mu- like music is movement. That's Bobby McFerrin, the greatest improviser that's ever lived. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's just stasis in this. There's stasis in the weepness, weeping and sadness as I perceived it mm-hmm. because there's many people I've come to learn that no, there's movement in that and you the only way is through, for instance. Um, but this is the thing. It's um, We all have these different operating systems and... Uh, how dare I suggest, you know, anything is the way I always present what I teach is a way. And I always start with everybody here is perfect and capable and exactly what we need right now. When, what, you know, what you don't know in your acceptance and your resistance, everything that's here is fucking perfect. Now, what do we have? Mm-hmm. And so we don't, and that tends to lead more do, to more doing and less talking about. Uh, it's so much easier for me to hold that perspective as a teacher. Mm-hmm than as a human being, Uh, right? So like I can create this loving environment where I truly am actually being non-judgmental. I'm just curious, stuff happens, somebody will be resistant or annoying, 
and I'll just think, oh, well, that's interesting. And so I can hold that space for a class. And I, it's much harder for me to hold that in every moment in life. And part of it, I think, is because it takes effort, mm-hmm. whatever default has been set for the judgment. But part of it is also, um, I think it's like a little bit of psychic wholeness. And I've, I've joked with this with Lisa. Sometimes when we have led a retreat, I will be in that mode of the sort of guru is the wrong word because mm-hmm. it's not ego like I'm something special. We have but the it, same relationship to that word. Okay. <laughs> but it's like I'm just being a good, loving, unconditional presence, right? Mm-hmm. As I aspire to be when I'm a teacher. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the retreat, like, you know, it might be half an hour later, this whole flood of complaining. Oh, yeah. I can't believe that person said that. I can't believe they did this. This is and bullshit. Like, <laughs> it's just like, like, was that not there before or was it like and i think of it as a psychic wholeness like the, my being or my psyche is saying would there yes the loving kindness the unconditional support and recognition and the judgment and annoyance and frustration and i can't believe this person does this right mm-hmm. that's all part of who i am so mm-hmm. uh, how to how to bring that into each moment and every day every relationship I aspire to be more like the improv. When I'm teaching improv mm. or mindfulness, I aspire to be more like that guy in my everyday life mm-hmm. because I think that's a nice way to be. That's a help. That's a healing way to be, or it contributes to the world becoming a better place way to be. It's interesting to me, like as you described yourself at that retreat, like present, and you said with you said with loving kindness or mm-hmm. with unconditional unconditional, loving kindness. Uncon- yeah. unconditional yeah. like all of that. And so what's interesting to me is um, why the qualifiers after the word present. Mm. Mm. And it's uh, and it's interesting because I relate to it a thousand percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's um, and so w- I think what I've arrived at in the last few years is not a firm decision, but it's just present is enough because if if I if I as this entity and everything that I've learned and everything that I've journeyed and measured and I'm here, if I am present, then that's enough because that includes my agenda and includes my booting Buddhist loving kindness agenda. And, and I have found to this exact point, if I am just present, then the retro baggage, which I completely relate to goes away Mm. because I am just accepting that there's, of course, that's here that's a large part of life is just insufferably terrible. And what a what an, an unthreatening, predictable piece of unsufferable that was. Hmm. Of course that was there. Mm-hmm. And somewhere between 40 and 45, like I had to admit the most horrific, I had to tell my ego the most horrific thing. And that was, you can't help everybody. And that was devastating. Mm. That was devastating because that helping people was my heroin. Helping people is my crack cocaine mm-hmm. at that point. And that also was at the end of a soup, like the super self-destructive part of my run mm. into finally being able to say, I'm an artist and not having a tape recording of my father go off on my head. This is that bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, artist, NFF, yeah. The football coach father. Yeah, the football yeah. coach. Hey, Dad, I'm in, uh, I'm in France. Oh, that's great. What are you doing there? The improv? Yeah, they paying you? Yeah, the shows were great. Oh, did you get paid for that too? Okay. All right. 
Yeah. All right, that's cool. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's uh, like it's I can't help everybody, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and because I'm from an adrenaline family, and people are hyper engaged and they're addicted to adrenaline, they're problem solvers, they're people fixers, they're you know, let's have a little fun mean, let's have a little fun with so-and-so means we're going to activate them into some type of embarrassing space. And it's the opposite. I don't want that. That's not fun. Mm -hmm. It's fun for them because adrenaline bump mm -hmm. and ha 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 ha. And it's, and like me finding my way out of this family, I'm part of this family, but I'm out of this family because I have my family. Like I'm here with my family now. Mm -hmm. I'm here with two of my sibs, my cousins, my everything's right here. Mm -hmm. Um, that that's a scary proposition mm. to like say fuck you to your womb mm -hmm. the womb that you came from literally and metaphorically and say i'm not of this mm -hmm. and that's why for me like i love the time that we're in now even though it's horrific and horrible it's also so predictable but like just discussions of like uh, diversity and different skin colors and gender fluidity and all of this stuff. It's like I've I've lived the metaphor on the journey to arrive here as this mostly straight white guy who's 56. But all this other stuff feels so accessible to me. And so all I can do just in the realm of loving kindness is just show up and be me today because I've got to shrink for the analysis of it. And that's one hour a week. Mm -hmm. And that's all I have time for mm. because at the end of the day, examining myself is boring unless I'm doing it with two other people from my tribe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. One of the one of the things that I've heard in several of your stories, Joe, that um, has reminded me of my own experience and some of yours, because you've mentioned it too on the podcast, is our experience with therapy. Mm. And how much that has informed our lives, but I think also our creative way of being in the world. And so it's just hearing that, I'm wondering about how does that play into doing improvisation in this way or being alive in an improvisational, mindful way? Do you have to do therapy or to come to these kinds of insights? Or does coming to these kinds of insights serve as a kind of therapy? Or I, I don't know where we go with it, but I just, I right. noticed the link. Therapy and creativity. Therapy mm -hmm. and creativity. Go. Therapy is mm -hmm. meaningful to all three of us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The experiences we've had. And just, I'm curious to hear your reflections. Yeah. I mean, I've got, you know, I'll, I've got five things probably. So like, what's the first top of mind? I mean, the first thing I think I think of <clears throat> is, uh, I, I, I've, I've taken an Alan Alda quote that he has about acting and then I've tweaked it for improv. So the, the version of it for acting is listening as a willingness to be changed by your scene partner. And then my tweak of it for improv is listening as a willingness to change. You don't have to, but the acting happens during the willingness. Mm. The connection happens during the willingness, mm. the human possibility of true interpersonal change happens during the willingness and then it's now we're back to sensing and intuiting mm -hmm. um and, it, and making a decision isn't cheating but who goes to therapy well i guess if you're ordered to therapy <laughs> that's one court, thing court mandated but yeah court mandated therapy different different story but so the first piece of curiosity or offer back to you two is this like we go to therapy because somewhere consciously or some con subconsciously there's a willingness 
to some degree to change. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that do anything for you? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, 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 the my experience of therapy is is mainly powerful because I'm an intensely external processor, and mm-hmm. I don't know what I think until I speak it out loud. And so the my therapist has used this phrase, a field of attention, and he's great for actually reasons that I'm really connecting to with a lot of what you're saying mm-hmm. is that he's like, I don't know why this shit works. <laughs> I don't know. He's like, listen, what I know is that talking about shit works mm-hmm. and having somebody else look at it with you, sort of two people's attention on a thing mm-hmm. shifts it and gives us information about it. He's like, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I work. Mm-hmm. So if I don't work for you, you should go find somebody else who mm-hmm. does. Like he's just very humble in the same way that you're like, listen, I don't fucking know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's this sort of acceptance of, of, imperfection and mystery and like yeah and here we all are so let's all just love what's here Mm -hmm. and go get what we need and the thing that the thing that has really helped me in therapy is recognizing that i don't have to take care of other people oh god yeah and it's huge it's huge and and sort of layers upon layers of realizing how deeply ingrained my need to manage your experience of me Mm -hmm. is Whoever you are, my scene partner, my mm-hmm. partner, my romantic partners, mm-hmm. my friends, the acquaintances, but like whatever is like I'm in constant management mode of making sure that you have the experience of me that I deem most favorable, like that you are going to like the most. Mm-hmm. And if you need, if, if what you like most is like a foul mouthed, high energy, then I will do that. Mm-hmm. And if what you need most in my estimation mm-hmm. is sort of like, mm, like a sort of like wisdom spitting sort of calm, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I can do that too, mm-hmm. which makes mixing friendship groups really complicated. <laughs> really complicated because I'm like, but which one do I? How yes. do I show up when you're all here together? And like, uh. you'll think, wait a minute, who's this person? And you, it's like fascinating. And I'm only now sort of coming into this place of like, it's not my issue how you experience no. me, which is liberating and terrifying. And I'm like, Ugh. in constant reminding myself of just like, just show up how you are. That's it. Oh my. God, and Ugh. improv is like, uh, it, there's a reason I'm an improviser, and there's also this like shackle of, of like, say yes and take care of your partner, mm-hmm. which I'm like, have to fight against a little bit because I'm like, no, I, I gotta do less taking care of my partner. I need more of this, like, what if I just take care of me? Mm-hmm. And what if, the, what if the best way to play with somebody is that you take, you show up with all of you, and mm-hmm. you let them do with it what they will, mm-hmm. uh, which is a pretty powerful shift do you find since you've had that insight do you find that you are behaving differently yes making different choices yes in ways that probably nobody notices but me so far, but it's pretty fresh. (laughs) The latest layer is pretty fresh. Do you have an example you'd be willing to share? Oh I don't know. Just like it's stupid things like chickens. (laughs) (laughs) Chickens. It's stupid things like you don't need to worry what your face looks like while you're listening to this person. Mm. I mean, it's like t- tiny things. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about whether you have a listening face on right now that shows them that you're interested and intrigued. Mm. It's like, fuck that. Just fucking listen to them. Just listen. Just like, let, you know, it's like yeah. really pretty. But, but I don't even know I'm doing it. Right. So that's like the recent yeah. thing is like. Oh my God. I relate so much like to the core of what you're saying. Yeah. And then like right there at the end, it's like, oh, I think there's a difference mm. because I, like I describe myself as like, 
like I have visual Asperger's. Mm -hmm. So visual things don't move me. I just see patterns. Mm -hmm. I go to an art museum and I just see patterns. And the only artist that's ever made me instantaneously laugh was Picasso. Yeah, I, very, I was going to say. A very minimalistic like uh, India ink yeah. thing. But that not, a couple things. One is like, I figured, here's a mantra that worked for me that that I've forgotten that I did and it's still there, but it's like, don't say yes and be yes. Mm -hmm. Just be yes. Mm -hmm. And then, and will just happen. Mm. And then be yes with all that you are and all the information you've gathered and be yes means like, I'm, I'm naturally curious, I'm naturally supportive, I'm not, but I've been like fucking unhealthily supportive. I've been needy in the way of I need to- Support you. Support you. Yeah. And enable you and- yeah. and, and I get off on that. Totally. Because I'm safe if I am, right? Yeah. And it's, and the idea of you can't help everybody comes also with, but you get to help some. Yeah. But you only get to help the people that come to you to look for it in a very specifically contextualized space. Mm -hmm. And then somewhere between 40 and 45, it's like then, uh, especially if I'm teaching at an institution, I will not go out and have beers with you. Mm -hmm. You know, great class. See ya. Bye. Mm -hmm. Mr. Joe Bill at Hotmail.com. Every improv student I've ever had, because it's a Hotmail uh, account, has that. And I'll get no, I'll get a, a mail from somebody out of the blue. Ten years ago, you taught me this thing in this class, and I finally got it. Mm. And that's I love getting that one. Mm -hmm. Wow, what was that? And mixed with mixed with like getting shit from my mother and like attention from my mother, or love or like not being able to take care of her and her whole fucked up journey. I gave you the tip of the iceberg, but that whole relationship, recreating my relationship with my mother or like recreating it with your parent, that's not unusual mm -hmm. but that plus my need to help others then becomes problematic totally uh, and if you're going out and you're drinking my second wife was a student of mine uh and it like the greatest marriage i ever had mm -hmm. and uh, uh but it's it's i this whole idea of like intimacy with your students because i had this mother need thing in the 90s like i don't know i didn't even know there's a line yeah and then like you're in a position of power power how the fuck is this powerful yeah. this is the most powerless thing in the building how do i have power yeah and but then that's also getting back to why a therapist why this works it had it has to have something to do with subjective objective yeah. And you don't even have to be an expert. It's great if you have studies and you can, you know, you can uh, practice ten different approaches and articulate emotion-based, articulate gestalt, articulate uh, cognitive behavioral, articulate union, articulate shamanism. Great. Yeah. You can articulate measuring sticks, but just anybody who can just be objective that you're willing to share with is going to have a take yeah. because they're human. Yeah. And and the the freedom for for caretaking people who yep. are concerned with other people's experiences, the fact that I pay him means I don't need to ask him how he is, <laughs> right? So that means that's like a lot of my friends basically offer me ther therapy in conversations and stuff. But the mm -hmm. difference is that it's it friendships are of course two way streets, yeah. And mm -hmm. I'm yeah I'm not socially obligated to my therapist, so so mm -hmm. I get to just go and be like, here's my shit. What do you think of that? Mm -hmm. Here, here's all the shit that's on my mind right now. Let me tell you about the ways that I'm rocking it right now and the ways that I'm I'm fucked up and I don't know what to do about this and I'm stuck. And then he can be like, great, great. Here's mm -hmm. what I see. <laughs> it's like, I don't need to worry about what... And that was actually a really, really strange adjustment is walking into that room 
right? I still care that he likes me. I was in a very funny conversation in a car full of improvisers, and we all were talking about how we th- we think we are our therapist's favorite client. <laughs> we all were like, I've told my therapist that's every improviser's dream. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I want Somewhere in to here. be the one who you go home to and tell your partner, like, oh, I saw Lisa today. She's great. She's so great. She's so funny. She makes me laugh. Like, I totally I, I get off on it. I love it. I frame it as, like, I wake up, oh, it's Katie day today. Katie's my shrink. It's yeah. like, she knows I'm coming in. <laughs> yes. like, yeah, no, like, she likes it. She, like, that's really yeah. funny. Yeah. I've had that thought. Oh, man, totally. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, Jim's really psyched. He's psyched. He was psyched about that conversation. Yeah. Uh, what a silly <laughs> I know, but it's, I can't, you know, I'm like. Well, so there are studies that say that with therapists, with doctors, lawyers, like the, the people who have transformational experiences with their clients, that the key variable is their presence. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's part of why maybe ther- the experience of therapy helps with doing better improv or being more mindful is that we're getting an experience of somebody being present with us mm-hmm. and that's bringing us to a new place and demonstrating to us what does it mean to be present with people. So that's part of it. And I think also with respect to what you were saying, Joe, there's an element of a therapist shows us parts of ourselves we didn't know before mm-hmm. and exposes the ways we've been limiting ourselves. So once I've done that and done it with a compassion for myself, mm. like, oh, I'm free of that. Now I've got more of myself free, available to be with other people, mm-hmm. to make space for their foibles or to see their patterns. And there's also a greater depth to play with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? There's a wider range of humanity, mm-hmm. human expression to play with on stage or in a relationship mm-hmm. or in a mindful practice to say, oh, hmm. yeah, I can see that paradox is operating in your life. Mm-hmm. I'm not freaked out by that. Mm-hmm. I get triggered or reactive by that mm-hmm. because I've witnessed that paradox in myself. Mm-hmm. I both want to be fiercely independent and I really want to be loved and part of a partnership. Mm-hmm. Both are true at the same time. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not freaked out by that mm-hmm. polarity in you. Mm-hmm. So well, the therapy the gives us gives yeah, yeah, more right. space. And it's so... Um, I wasn't going to say something, but now I am because you Yay. of what you just said um, when you're talking about uh, hoping your therapist likes you. Yeah. Like I'm a person that has never given a shit if people like me, really, and I seem to be well liked. Like and and like so part of my noticing hypocrisy as a kid yeah. is noticing other kids need to be liked yeah. or need for attention. Yeah, and maybe it's because I'm oldest of five and like oh I don't get that. Yeah. cool. Right. Like and look at all like it was like uh but. In terms of being present with your therapist, in terms of your therapist being present, like we got, I got over a little hump with my therapist because I knew about five months ago she was not having a good day. And so what I am in therapy is me giving, but I'm, I'm also watching every move you make and yeah. I'm watching how you are present with me. Yeah. And I know if you're present or not yeah. because that's what I do for a living. Right. And so, and that's freaked her out a little bit. Yeah, I bet. And so, and so there was a day and there was some, there was some shit going on and it was dark. I could see the color of it. I'm no mind reader, like, but I'm just like, I have high, I'm highly empathic or I'm highly, and yeah, tuned in. And she gave me, you know, the type of notes that you give an improv student when you're not really present with the class, you know, you just just balance your feet a little bit more and just make some eye contact and you'll be okay. Right. (laughs) Um, And so it was. I think I had one more session with her. She was a little bit better, okay, than I went on a like a three-week tour. So now it's five or six weeks after. And I went in, 
And uh, she's like, hi, how was the tour? I'm like, ah, you know, great. And there's things and whatever, but I have to start in a place you're not even going to expect. What is it? There was something dark that was going on in your life about six weeks ago, right? And I know I'm not here to help you, um, you know, but, but I am paying you, and this is part of my process. Yeah, and I know, and it was there between us. So yeah. what's up? And it was there, and it's like I know, I know, 99 out of 100 fibers, and you do not want to go there with me, but I need, I just need for you to at least validate or acknowledge in this one session where we talked about this. There was something very dark or disturbing. There was sadness. There was grief. There was something that was going on with you, and I just need, in whatever way you feel safe i'm totally flipped the fucking books yeah for you to be able to acknowledge that and then she starts crying (laughs) and and just and then like holds her heart and she's like and she goes of course you saw this because you're you and she's like yes and i said i'm going i'm going to say things that that a therapist would say right now to my therapist yeah. only to get us back to the, the role reversal that we're here for. Yeah. Do you understand? Yes, I understand. Would you like to just take a minute to just get that out and tell me so I can know the specificity and you know it's safe to share with yeah. me and to know you don't have to be 100% present every time I come in here. Yeah. Uh, and she's And she's like... Thank you for acknowledging that I don't want to do this and that I hate this. But yes, my father was very sick and blah, 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 blah. And I said, thank you so much for sharing that with me. I just wanted you to know that I know. And even though you're this for me, I have feelings around that. And I'm glad to see that we're six weeks later. And my tour was awesome. Yeah. And, and now we can get back. And she went, oh. It's just like letting this thing move, right? Yeah. yeah. But part of her, like that professional in her eye was like, you fucker. Yeah. You, you know, you, like, but she, like, once she gave over to that and she knows, she knows that I'm always watching even in soft focus yeah. what she's doing. Um, and I've since said it's like, uh, you'll, you'll say the useful things uh, as part of things that you say. Yeah. And sometimes they'll be planned and sometimes they'll be discovered. But really, I'm just here to pay, I'm here to pay this money to be with this person. Yeah. And then we do a thing called therapy. Yeah. And so that's like, for me, that's a fucking improv scene. Like, that's a duo. Totally. That's a... You get in the room and you see what's there, right? Yeah. You get in the room with that person and this combination of energies and you see what what's there. Yeah. I, I, I want to just give you a prompt that you may not see. Uh-huh. That's a little bit of a joke, but it's also not. I'll take it. Which is that Patty Styles was not in that room with you. Yeah. And you still had that impact on somebody. Yeah. You know, that your presence yeah. called out this uh, recognition in your therapist of something that was real and she was grateful for it. Yeah. It had an impact on her. And it's a lesson I learned from Patty. And one one rule that Patty and I have that we discovered that we never spoke to each other is neither one of us will let the other get away with anything. Mm. We will not let, we are, we love each other. I mean, there's a strong love and personal love and respect and caring for each other. And when we're on stage, the only way we can love each other is to not let either one of us back away from a moment. Um, sometimes I'll, I'll step around something. Patty, Patty plays largely black and white and I play largely gray. Mm. And it, and it works because it works because in my gray, what I come with is this psychological therapy vocabulary and like an awareness of, 
um, that can undercut Patty sometimes going a little presentational. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, there's moments where Patty's playing a, a you know one, two, or three status exercise, and yeah. she's choosing one, and then she's putting on you know woman uh, hooker by the in a 1950s movie chewing chewing gum down by the docks. Sure. And it's like, like, okay, I'll go there. But just as long as we're going here, I want you to know here's this other thing that I'm aware of yeah. in a way that's still supportive. But it's like there's there's just times where I'll, I'll make a move and she'll she'll counter the move like, no, you fucking don't. Yeah. And in my eyes, I'll hold that moment. And in my eyes, it's like, oh, fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah. Or she'll initiate a game. Uh, when we were in Finland, we did the same we did this uh, uh, three different versions of the same movie, whatever, from three different eras. We discovered it was three different eras. But in the middle one, we ended up playing this game that was essentially using board game puns. Or it was like naming naming board games. Oh and as soon as this proposition came up, it's fucking styles. I'm dead. Yeah. But I have to. Uh, Jill Bernard taught me. Uh, 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 one of the... One of the things we have to learn as improvisers is how to lose beautifully. Yeah. And when she first told me that, it's like activate father tapes. Oh, bullshit. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, breathe. It's chill. Yeah. She's right. Yeah. And so this was immediately, I am, I'm in this moment. She starts this game. I know exactly the game. I know I'm going to lose and I have to act like I'm going to win. Yeah. And it's, and it's such a lesson for me. And it's as if Patty knew that, Yes, she was going to win. Come on, bitch. Yeah. Try. Get in here. And Joe. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, bring some cocky to me yeah. while you're going to lose. Yeah. It was all these levels. And it's like, and it could just be a hack pun game. But because there's all of these levels, people were riveted. Mm -hmm. And when I lost and Patty won, it was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so much more happening. And that's all just allowing that's all just yep this is here mm -hmm. and um and it's that it's same. allowing but it's also knowing how to show up to that moment it's deciding how to show That's up right. to that moment yep. you, you know like it's mm -hmm. he it's knowing like i know i'm going to lose i know that i've got to play like i'm going to win mm -hmm. she knows what's going on we're both agreeing to meet in the same way in this moment and that feels like the uh such a powerful part of this conversation is you let what's there be there and you decide how you show up to it. Yeah. I mean, for the world, right? You let what's there be there and yeah. you know, you're not trying to control what's there and you decide how you turn up. Yeah. And if you're lucky, you're playing with somebody who in any given moment, you both see five different things all at once, but really it's everything that's here. Yeah. And it's that thing that we, you know, we aspire to, or I can often find myself with, with different partners that was sitting in that therapy session. Yeah. It's like, I can't let that go. Right. I can't. Oh. And then back to We're the ego. We're being present with each other. That's we it. Gotta do, this is a thing here. And it's back to the improviser ego thing. We're like, oh, good day for my shrink today. Here I come. <laughs> yeah. Right? You're like, yeah. Sure. Why? Because guess what? One of your clients is going to call you out. <laughs> And let's do that. So I have a question about something. You said, I've never given a shit whether people like me or not. Yeah. Which which my first assumption when you said I was kind of the class clown mm. was that that is a sort of survival skill to be like to keep yourself safe, to keep yourself in, in sort of good graces, keep people laughing. So, you know, and I wonder how those two things jive, right? Like, yeah, I, know, I can. Here's the specific answer. I was a class clown as a consequence of the note, I would get every other report card, if not every report card for a, a string of time, as um, 
Joe has problems respecting authority. Ah. And so it's the British. I, I could not stand for a teacher who thought that they were more than us, who were elevated, who thought that literature was this thing that's incomprehensible, who stood in their own status, who stood in a, a construction yeah. of their own device that just hid right. the terrified person inside. Mm -hmm. So my class clowning was taking the piss out of teachers. Uh, got it. And frequently walking to the principal's office. Got it. So it wasn't so much of It wasn't about peers. A consequence was laughter. That wasn't the motivation. No. Uh, and if if that motivation was there, it was in the lunchroom with milk through the nose and stuff like that. Yeah. But, I mean, that was a different – yeah, that was uh, – I learned early on also to ward off bullies that I could make better fun of myself in a more articulate way than they could. They could, yeah. I could disarm people with words. Yeah. Um, and the one great thing my father did for me is we would get Reader's Digest. Remember Reader's Digest? Sure. In that Reader's Digest, there's this thing that pays to enrich your word power. And it's, and it's 20 words and then multiple choice, what does this word mean? And my father's a fucking English major. And, but my, from the earliest memories, I would sit down as a kid, Joe, let's play, it pays to enrich your word power. And words, despite his actions, words are more powerful than violence. Uh -huh. And it's like, and I, I mean, it took, I beat him one time when I was in high school. I beat him. Mm -hmm. We tied often as I got older, but this, this desire harnessing the competitive DNA to beat my father at this thing that would ultimately come to serve me yeah. and serve my parents declared intention for their children was to raise five ruthless individualists. That was wow. their, that was their declaration. Wow. wow. And that, and we all are in our own way. <laughs> and, and it's, and that's why it's like, I, uh, I reject the, uh, this says everything. I'm the only one in my family that, that does not own a gun. And because I feel perfectly safe with my words. Mm -hmm. And if somebody's going to shoot me in the face, I'd rather have my last go be a, you know, be a bit, mm -hmm. and then bam, than pulling a gun and being uh, incompetent with a gun. Yeah. And that's just, that's who I am. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I notice if people don't like me. Yeah. But it doesn't concern me. Yeah. Yeah. It's just fine. It's liber it must be liberating. I don't know. That must feel good. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that's like. Yeah. You're... I don't want everybody to like me, but I definitely want the people that I like to like me. Yeah. I want every single person in the world to like me. I think it's it's part of the self-preservation mechanism. Like even coming to bats, okay, on the one hand, I've wanted to come here for 20 years. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, I know there's a core of people that have been here for more than 20 years. Mm -hmm. And I know what that dynamic is from walking into other theaters. So it's, let's say there's 20 people. It's reasonable to assume that half the people are going to have some version of who the fuck is this guy. Mm -hmm. And I find that completely comfortable. Completely. I am a person, honest to God, like I love being in a foreign town or a foreign country. And if I'm walking down a street and there's a party where I know everybody, completely comfortable walking into a party of strangers. Mm -hmm. Like that to me is exciting. And it's like, that's that magical improv awe thing that I don't, I have to generate if I'm teaching beginners. It's not, I don't have that. And my mother was a nursery school teacher, I should mention. Mm. Um, but I don't have that 
some level one teachers that are brilliant, you know, they come with bean bags and juggling things and awe and yay. And like, there's a thing that Jill has that I've never had and I never will have. Mm -hmm. But thank God I'm here teaching with Jill because Jill's got that covered this weekend. Right, right, right. But for me, it's what some people view as danger, I view as like almost uh, maybe it's tied to that want to help everybody need, or maybe it's the ego. Well, now this party can, here I am. Now we got something happening. Who's this stranger? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I That's, don't know. Yeah, it's great. Here's a question for for wrapping things up, which is, mm-hmm. having had this conversation today, yeah. is there anything on your mind that's like, oh, you know, this is a, I'm drawing this from what we said today, or I'm coming out of it. Normally, this is a conversation we might put in the outro, but I'd love to hear your take, too. Well, like, like, what sticks out, sort of? Yeah, like, like what, what's the... What what have we discovered? Mm. The first thing that came to mind real strong was, like, one quote from one of my best teachers that, like, no, not enough people know about. So I'll lead with that. And that is Martin DeMott. So he was Josephine Forsberg's nephew. She was one. Of, she ran the Players Workshop of Second City mm. in the early days of Second City. He was also one of the kids. At some point, Spolin got curious about where do children lose their creativity. Mm-hmm. So she got a group of kids. I think it was like 12, between twelve and eighteen or something. Um, so the specifics I might miss. Children. children, 12, 18, 12, uh, their old. ages, I believe. And again. Uh, the specifics, the, some of the specifics of this may be a little off, but I believe it was like between 12 and 18 children, and they are all somewhere between like, you know, five and 10 years old or something. Mm-hmm. And she worked with them and studied with them up into their 20s. And, and then, you know, made comments about it's the institutionalization and, you know, blah, 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 where our schools are for training factory workers and you know, factory workers aren't allowed to be creative, whatever. But Martin was one of these. Um, and he was... He was absolutely instrumental in the annoyance starting. Mm-hmm. He was, I had him, he was my second teacher at Second City, and he's this very magical unicorn gay man who has stories of magic bonfires in Hawaii and people levitating and all this. And I arrived there as still very much a fraternity boy. Mm-hmm. And he cured that shit. <laughs> He he just Loved fucking him. cured that shit by allowing me to see the gay in me. Yeah. And you would do a scene that sucked and he would tell you stop and he would like very presentationally waft up to the stage and then brush off your shoulders and look in your eye and say, that scene's gone now. <laughs> and it's, and I mean, by three, the first chance is like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Don't like, touch oh, me. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then I was like, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and... Magic, uh, more holistic impact than Dell ever had. Wow! And he is the one. He was the original artistic director of Second City Train Training Center. His some the quote you see when you walk in the training center: uh, "You are pure potential." So that is his thing. I'm in Lyon and I'm teaching a uh, I'm teaching a workshop uh, at a festival. That's like a three day workshop. And it just so happens that it's like 20 years, I think, since Martin's died. And some people have republished some of his letters mm. to the students who come to Second City. Mm. And and I saw these like the, the night before I'm going to teach the first day. And I'm like, this is how I'm going to open every day. And mm. every day I open reading something from Martin and just start crying. Mm. <laughs> and 
embedded in that, which is my offer to the redux of all of this, is Martin DeMott's definition of improviser. And his definition of improviser is an improviser is one who does not know. And so for me, what my work and play in this area is, um, who are you or how are you being the who that does not know? Mm -hmm. And that encapsulates my offer and then also the nature of like my gratitude to like hear from you your takes and both like how we're aligned and experience the same thing and then different lenses um so that's the that's what comes to mind to me as we head for the finish line mm -hmm. i'm kind of looping back around to the beginning i think it was the first question i asked you about psychological and spiritual approaches to improv and i think we've answered that question throughout the conversation and mm -hmm. So because of your choice to reflect so much on your life and to look at your experiences and uh, what has shaped you into the sensitive being that you have become, mm -hmm. that that is like you're naturally bringing that into your experience as a teacher and an improviser. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the things that came out of the workshop, too, that I mentioned to you on Saturday, that I was, as we were working, I was experiencing this really fun, thin veil between me, Ted, and the character of his playing, mm -hmm. and what's the character's emotion, and what's my emotion, and how those can move fluidly back and forth. But so the. the and you asked me that very question, yeah, right? On yeah. Saturday, too. So that experience, and then this conversation of oh, this is what it means to have a psychological approach to improv is that you're bringing all of who you are yeah. to inform the stage. And you've talked about that, Lisa, too. Of, going out into the world and having this wide range of experiences so that you have a, you know, let's bring humanness onto, mm -hmm. onto this platform and then let's take the platform back into our being human. I think it's sort of the influence goes both ways. Mm -hmm. I think that's what I'm, that's a, a wrap up thing I'm getting from this combo. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. And it's, uh, as a teacher, like when I have somebody like you in my class, there's always that part of me that's like, oh good, I get to check in with him in this way. And it's always so good to have somebody who's you know, in the world of mindfulness or something. Because you check in with different people in different ways. But it's always, let me go hit a couple tough people and then I'm going to come back here. Right? <laughs> right? right? Yeah. Everything is everything, right? The thing that I am um, I sort of jamming on. And it came back to me when you were talking about being a class clown, and it's not to make people like you; it's to it's to fuck the fuck the people who think they're more right, yeah, uh, or think they're special or precious or uh, rarefy this like thing. Um, this feeling of like, isn't this all just a fucking beautiful mess that we're all in together? <laughs> yeah, and if you th if you think it's not, you're wrong. And so mm. all we can do is like be in it. Like, let's just all be in it together. And you can try to make sense of it. And you can try to decide that you're, you've worked it out and that there's some answer to it. But like, I don't know, here we all are, you know, and, it's, yeah. and there's no plan. And it's all sort of this big, wild accident of evolution that we wound up here and here we are. So we get to decide how we like royal around in, the, in this chaotic sort yeah. of sort of stew of humanity and earth and whatever else. Uh, but it's all, it's all one thing. So, so cool. It's, 
And in when we, your workout, our workout last night for the shows this weekend, sort of like, yeah, I don't, we'll see. <laughs> I don't know. And I'm not the guy who knows. I'm the one who shows up to see what's here. Yeah. And this idea that it's there's always something here. There's just sort of like. I love that. I, yeah. And and showing up with love for what it is instead of resentment that it can't be controlled. Yeah. Is like I think the key to happiness. You know? Yeah. Or, or to presence, right? It's like, yeah, 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 nobody fucking knows anything. Yeah. And we're all trying, you know, while just here. So let's love each other. It, it's That's beautiful. Can, can I can I just can I put a, a Jill Bernard bow on this? Yes. Because she says this say it's a super quick story. Jill's doing a podcast two years ago with two women from LA. That's bubbly girl talk and fun and improv la 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 la. And at the end of the podcast, one of the women asked Jill, "So we're here at the end, and so what's something about Jill Bernard that we don't know?" What's something about Jill Bernard that nobody knows for our podcast, right? Yeah. And Jill's like, wow. Um, Wow. Well, I guess it's maybe people don't really know why I seem to be so happy. And they're like, what's the secret? (laughs) Right? And Jill, in her very Jill way, goes, well, um, it's because this. The world's a terrible, horrible place. <laughs> yeah. And the best what that we can do is just try to love each other. And then there's this silence. Oh. And you can hear the two hosts of the podcast looking at each other like <laughs> <laughs> And I just and then I just started this just tears just fell out of my yeah. eyes. And I think that's you that means what we were talking before about you meeting Jill and you playing with Jill mm-hmm. and it's like you said just the the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like uh, I I know in this moment that you and Jill are going to play together and mm-hmm. I just have a feeling I'm going to be there and I don't know what it is or how to make it manifest but it's just like oh there's this sensing intuiting yeah. who knows thing. Mm-hmm. And thank you. It's a great place to end. Yeah. Thank you, Joe. Thank you so today. much. Such a treat. What a what a. Delight. You are welcome, and thank both of you. Yeah, mm. And may our paths cross again. And Please. Get, get another go around. <sighs> I just loved that conversation. <laughs> Joe is such a wonderful guy. He's just got such an incredible philosophy and approach and ability to articulate it in a way that I find so compelling. Absolutely. Yeah. I I, I didn't want to end the conversation. I know. Me neither. Me neither. The, well, the, the, there's also he's also got a a confidence, a clarity, a passion that is balanced by his vulnerability and his humanity totally and and i think that's part of what makes him so approachable is it's it's this combination of i'm here boom stake in the ground and i'm not certain right yes so i'm ready to be changed boldness and humility braveness and bravery and and vulnerability just like what a cool combination so human so human and so sort of unapologetically human and i love how upfront he is with the work that he's done on himself and his upbringing and yeah. the ways that that's fucked him up and the what he's doing about it. Like, it's just really, 
really lovely. I could I could listen to him talk about improv forever. Good stuff. Talk about life forever. Yeah. It's not just an improviser. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Well, folks. So, yeah. If you, well, is there anything else you want to say about that? No, 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 no. Just if, folks, if you want to get in touch with Joe, you can go to Joe Bill Teaches exclamation point at Facebook, on Facebook. Yeah, that's And his reach him that page. way. So, um, but he's going to be doing some performances up in Oregon and other places coming up soon. You can see him perform, but. Uh, Look for him. He's based Find in Chicago. Him. Yeah, he's such a, I mean, as you can see, such a, such a delight, such a powerful and playful presence. Yeah, and I imagine, because he loves to travel, that if you want to work with him, and you call him up, and you bring him to where you are, he'll come teach where you are. Yep, for sure. So, if you have any thoughts that you want to share with us, info at monsterbabypodcast.com. Yep. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, as thanks. Do. Thanks, as always, for listening. Hope you enjoyed that as much as we did. Yeah, and I also want to uh, send out a thanks. Maybe we mentioned it earlier, but... Uh, for those of you who've been around with us from the beginning and who've been with us through now 50 plus episodes, thank you for listening because yeah. it's really an honor and we're delighted to be here with you and hope to keep them coming and uh, hopefully we'll get another 50 yeah. cranked out. Yeah. It may take a couple weeks. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah. And to those of you who are just joining us and this is one of your first episodes, thank you Welcome. for listening. Welcome. Glad you're with us. Yeah. So, okay, be well, people. All right, we'll see you next time. And uh, good luck with this. What, what was your closing line about life is... Life is a great big messy accident and all we can do is love each other. Amen. Go and love each other, people. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah.